0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin, Brian Carraway, and Mr. Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC flyweight.
1: Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to it's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun.
0: Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio.
2: welcome to it's amazing radio and i'm really hoping that we're recording this for a reason and it's not just you know us talking into the void for an hour and then our fucking internet letting us down on an impressive level not even the internet what am i what did i blame last time i didn't think you blamed anything you just told us it didn't yeah. work <laughs> Shit, that was a fair description shit did not work that yeah, was you basically, basically
0: it said that uh, after you uh Dropped out of the call that uh, I just started recording after that point. Yeah,
2: you guys could have gotten forty minutes of like guessing the questions I was asking the guys, and then like a five minute rant of silence. Well, well, five minutes of silence while I went on a rant. Long story short, um, had a bit of a technical difficulties last week. Uh, sorry about that, but we're here this week. Um, I'm Doctor Law. Welcome to some amazing radio, and with me, as always, DJ Mark. Still, also with me. Lavender Gooms.
0: We haven't had it happen in a while where an episode just gets lost to the ether. So I'll bring back an oldie but a goodie whenever that used to happen. You guys missed out on the best episode ever.
2: And finally, he's not even here yet. He's en route. Kid presentable. Blame Bart, folks. And the fact that Mike's got to sleep. So we got to start anyway. Um. So... uh. We're going to talk, honestly, the majority of this podcast, we're going to be talking about UFC 238, which I believe the, my favorite stat so far, or so far, the only stat I saw, and that's really the only one that matters, is that this is, in this, on the, tw- on, among the 26 fighters on this card, 21 of them are either champions or ranked contenders, which, uh, the highest so far this year was 15. And that was back when, uh, I believe, actually, I don't know whatever UFC 235 was, three UFCs ago. So, um, this on paper, and you look at the card itself, is pretty goddamn deep. Um, We're actually picking eight fights, but looking at this card, I think I know someone in basically every fight, except for the Darren Stewart one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. At least one person in every fight, except for that uh, one. Darren Stewart is nine and four. His nickname is The Dentist, so... That's yeah, a i like a guy with a backup plan i like a guy who's you know just because his name's a dentist doesn't mean he is a dentist i have to assume bobby what's his name was a dentist too he wasn't a dentist uh josh Neer. he should have been i don't know what his problem was yeah i'd be was, still fighting
0: uh, was clay guida an actual carpenter i think yeah,
2: he was he was <laughs> see see mike gets it
0: he was also jesus
2: See, I thought his nickname was the Carpenter because they didn't want to just call him Clay Guida, Clay Jesus Guida. I thought they were trying to avoid being sacrilegious like that. Didn't know the man was an actual carpenter for like years, to be honest. Um There's also a card last weekend in Sweden, which um on the podcast uh you didn't hear, I said I really we really set these uh Swedish people up for sadness with these late cards and Gustafson fighting. Well, if Card wasn't late, but, uh, well, I mean, Gus, Alexander Gustafson is retiring at age 32 after losing a, uh, losing in the fourth round. Did Anthony he Smith, he did retire.
3: It was that in the ring? Cause I didn't, yes. I mean, usually when
2: I watch these fights, just
3: FYI for the fans out there, like when the fight's over, I'm out. <laughs> like I don't need to hear guys boasting and,
2: and bragging. So,
3: so did he, did he do the
2: he whole? He said he was done gloves off. Gloves off, put him in the octagon, said that's it. Confirmed afterwards. First off, got to say, Anthony Smith, um, better, I mean, none of us picked him. We had one fight to pick, and we all picked it wrong. Marcus, uh, Anthony Smith went out there, showed his medal, got a win, got the biggest win of his career easily. And uh, tell, I mean, I don't think Gustafson's been tapped out. I think maybe Phil Davis tapped him out, maybe. Maybe. Honestly, don't remember. But anyway, um, hell of a performance for Anthony Smith, huh, Marcus?
3: Yeah, sorry. Zena's freaking
2: out for some reason. Um, Yeah, no, it was
3: a really good performance by him. Uh, Personally, when I was watching this fight, I thought Alex really wasn't doing much for the first two rounds. I think he was kind of implementing a, a similar game plan that uh, Jones used on Anthony Smith, using kicks from range to kind of keep... Anthony at bay, and honestly, the, f- the first couple rounds were pretty close. I thought Anthony won them because I think he was a little bit more aggressive. I think his output was a lot higher, um, and Govzusen was using a lot of fancy footwork to get out from the uh, getting his back up against the cage, but often found himself kind of going backwards, right, and circling out and not being very formidable with a lot of output in those first couple rounds. In the third round, um, Alex really changed up the strategy. He started using his hands a whole lot more. His output increased significantly. Um, And this is where you can kind of see potentially maybe Govzusen maybe taking it easy those first two rounds and then really pushing it three through five to maybe get the decision or just wear Anthony Smith down to finish him later in the fight. Um, However, Anthony Smith, uh, he hung in there. He took the damage in the third. And ultimately, what it kind of looked like is that Alexander kind of gassed out in the fourth. Um, He attempted uh, his classic takedown that he used on John Jones, which is an underhook with a knee tap. And he really didn't have the explosiveness and the technique to get Anthony Smith down. So he he went for that takedown, kind of stumbled, gave up his back. And that's all Anthony Smith needed. Um, He got his hooks in. He started riding his back. It looked like for a moment, Alexander was kind of extending his legs, trying to shake him off. Um, but Anthony Smith who, you know, is a very experienced grappler, which, you know, I don't give him a lot of credit for, I guess he's a black belt. Um, and he showed some real smarts in here. He got his double underhooks underneath the armpits, which allowed him to stretch Alexander out completely, basically belly down. Um, he landed some good hard shots on him. And I kind of think, uh, Alexander was just in a tough spot. He was tired. He was getting beat up and he kind of just let that submission happen. He got the choke in and finished the fight. Um, so it showed a lot of stuff that we kind of thought Anthony Smith had was a lot of gusto, um, a lot of uh, heart and determination. And that's kind of what won him in this fight. You know, he he basically was able to get a couple rounds early on. But when Alexander started really pushing the pace, he hung in there. He took the tough shots um, and he was able to basically out uh, outgas Alexander um, and just, you know, Basically being with exhaustion and a bad takedown attempt, which just kind of snowballed into Alexander giving his back, not having the energy to get out and ultimately succumbing. So it was a great performance from Anthony Smith um, and it was a little lackluster from Alexander. It's, um, it's unfortunate that he is leaving. I think he was a really good uh, addition to the 205 uh, division. Um, and I think it, ultimately what he might have started to become is a bit of a gatekeeper and that's probably not where he wants to be. I think he thinks higher of himself than just being the guy that sees if these other guys have the medal to go after the John Joneses or the DCs um, of the division. So uh, yeah, it was a good performance by Anthony Smith and it's it's unfortunate for Guvsson, but you know hopefully he can move on to better things where he's not getting cracked and beat up you know on a monthly basis. So you know, good for him.
2: I just got a robocall. This is a brief side note. I apologize. Diminishing Anthony Gus's, I mean, Alexander Gus's retirement from something called Apple Store, but not really, because they wouldn't call it that in an 800 number. It just said, my iTunes account has been breached and I should not do anything except connect with them. Again, real specific with these robocalls. Just saying. I mean,
0: even if if your iTunes account had been breached, I mean, what are they going to be looking at? Like your Queen playlist? Or, I mean, you know, whatever. I, I
2: paid for the Watchmen motion comic. They can enjoy that. It was really good. That's it. There you go. I'm pretty sure I'm like seven credit cards ago was the last time I used my iTunes account. Um, yeah, we're done. Alexander Gustafson, 32 years old. Um, got some mileage on him, though, ending 18 and 6. Um, very much the, considered the bridesmaid of the UFC light heavyweight division since. September two thousand thirteen, when him and John Jones had what remains the greatest light heavyweight title fight of all time. Um, and shit, he might have had the second greatest light heavyweight title fight of all time when he fought Cormier. Yeah, so good one too. Alex, we're getting these wars, man, and that's you know a lot of but, mileage. But always
3: the bridesmaid, right? Always
2: the bridesmaid, and you know, still one of the saddest things ever is when Rumble knocked his ass out at like <laughs> four a.m. local time in Stockholm. This. I almost
3: wonder if these big losses in Sweden kind of morally took it out of him a little bit more.
2: Well, only one of those was in Sweden. Well, this one, too, I well, guess. But he too. he said really, like, if I'm not going to be the best, I don't want to stick around. Which, yeah, that's fair. Yeah.
0: I I, mean, I think it's more of that than, you know, getting his ass whooped in front of his own people. Because, I mean, he's never looked like the type that would be okay with just being a journeyman or someone who's just hanging around for a check. Yeah. And I think... It's not like he was okay losing to DC or Jones this past December, but and this is nothing against Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith is not the fighter he was, you know, two years ago or three years ago. But I think his thought process is, is if he can't beat Anthony Smith, um, that means he's not one of the top echelon long guys anymore. You know, top three. Yeah, he so went for everything I mean,
2: about those fights with Jones and and uh, Cormier. The first time, the first time he fought Jones and the Cormier fights, he barely <laughs> lost those. Uh the Jones one, he lost three rounds to two. It might have been a split. I think the same for the Cormier. <clears throat> Pardon me. And um this I mean last time against Jones, it was just once he was on the ground, Jones just is like, I'm done fighting you. Like it was whenever he wanted it to end it. Another loss here. Um the man's not gonna get hit in the face for a living and he's got a plan. God bless him. Does he have a plan? He says he got some stuff going on. I'm assuming okay, he invested some property and stuff like that, I'd imagine. I thought he um, said he
1: runs a gym out
2: there. Yeah, he's got a gym too. Okay. Um, so hopefully he's got some stuff going on. Um, I'm just
1: saying a lot of these guys
3: retire <laughs> maybe in a couple I of mean, years. I mean, look, I mean,
2: at a certain point, like, you know, your body's your main income source. And right now, while he's got a lot of miles, they're paying him a good amount of money. They can send him guys as good as Jimmy Manawa to fight in, in Europe sure. for the next four years. You've got at least like 10 more paychecks if you really wanted to do this but it also you know you don't know when you're going to get kicked in the head or some shit so i get it i think I he just had a, the decision I think that. he's got a kid now also you know some people have a kid you become dad saroni you know like where he doesn't lose and then you got other people who get a kid and maybe it takes the edge off a little bit and you start thinking man i need to reevaluate what i'm doing here exactly
3: my priorities changed right like it used to be all about me and my career and me being the best and now i have you have a kid and it's like well now they're
2: the priority and maybe I don't want to expose them to me getting cracked up upside the head. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like some of it is like I want to be able to play with my kid. But then the other end of that coin is, okay, now I got to pay for this thing, you know, this kid. And now I, you know, that is the way I pay for stuff.
0: Right. Being yeah. good.
2: Like in the sense of that maybe that's why Cerrone's gotten reinvigorated. We'll talk about him in a little bit. You guys see Alexander Rakic? Oh, yeah. Kick Jimmy Manoa right in the fucking head.
3: Woo! Uh, I wanted when I saw this fight, I was like, "Oh, this is the prime example of one of Bas Rutten's famous uh, tips for fighting. If you want to land a kick, you know, mask it with some punches. This is probably the best case example I can think of of somebody using punches to set up a high kick. Because, I mean. There's three strikes in this exchange that basically sold the head kick. It was he, he started with a lead right uppercut, which you don't use a lot of lead uppercuts. And usually when you do it, it's your lead hand. Like Frank Muir had a really good lead left uppercut. Um, so to go off your rear hand with an uppercut to lead off means you basically have to step in big. You have to really get in the pocket to even get close to throwing that punch. So he threw that punch, which missed. He kind of extended his left arm, which almost looked like a jab, which at that point, Jimmy Manuel was getting out of the pocket. And when he sees that arm for the jab extend and not get close to his his head, I have to imagine that the mental f- facilities were basically saying like, okay, I'm out of range. I got out. Maybe I'll counter. Maybe I'll circle around. And then split second, shin to the side of the face, completely didn't see it coming. What a setup from Alexander. Um and really like we were talking about last week, which unfortunately the, the um, listeners didn't get to hear. You know, this was kind of a fight where it's like we need to look at look at this kid. He has a good record. He's fighting a name guy in Jimmy Manua. If he can get something done here, he really deserves our attention and respect. And that's exactly what he did with Flying Colors in this fight.
2: Yep, uh, big win. Twenty? How old is this kid? Twenty-seven, I believe. Twenty-seven year old from Vienna, Austria. I've been there. Is
3: he 9-1 or
2: 7 and He had one he loss. He has 12-1. 12-1, 4-0 in the UFC. His last got the last two our finishes. He got all four wins against people with Wikipedia pages, given that. And his f- only loss is his debut. Uh, my guy Stevie Ray got punched right in the damn face. Um, it
0: seems Stevie Ray might not be long for the UFC uh, anymore, Bob. Uh, so can you give this to us one more time?
2: I mean Stevie Ray from Harlem Heat. Gonna hit you with that slap Jack. Cause suckers gots to know. It's another thing Stevie Ray would say. Back on 110th Street in Harlem. Really from Houston. Um, definitely talk about this Scottish kid. Yeah, um, I think the fact I mean Mike, he's lost one. They need they just filled these European cards out. This guy's gotta this guy could have a job for another two more losses.
0: I don't know, man. Uh he was pretty down on the card and this wasn't even a numbered card.
2: I mean, there's 45 cards this year, man. They, they got to fill this thing up. I mean, he's right there with Tanya. I got Tanya Evinger got worked. I didn't want it. Did you watch this, Mark? No, only the main and co-main were the
3: only ones I saw. There was a couple on the on the undercard like like this Evinger fight I was interested in.
2: Dude, 30-26 two of them. Man, I'm <laughs> I'm wondering if Tanya got in. Like, she deserved to be in the UFC for probably her last like six fights. I mean, they weren't giving it to her and they finally did, and now she's lost three in a row. And her, her story
3: is like so many others that outside of the UFC just look like bangers, and we can't wait for her to get in, and it just doesn't come I mean, not even that.
2: she's 37 years old, too. I mean, Steph, we were watching uh, another example of this. Uh, we were watching the wrestling, we were watching the graps on Saturday, and we saw Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler was another example of like, by the time she got to the UFC, she was, you know, downhill you know she's on the downslope of her athletic career kind of wondering if we did the same thing happen with tanya here with just too much time before she got to the dance what do you think
1: i mean, it's possible um you know for the longest time I, I i always said in these early women's divisions you could really just get by on kind of grit and working hard um but we're starting to see like a new generation of women athletes coming in now um who do we have like we got tatiana with her wrestling background
2: is it is it aspen lad the real young
1: one yeah, they made uh, they made
2: go- they made Tanya fight her too.
1: Yeah, so you know, like again, so it's just it's a turning tide, right? You you have it's like we saw with some of the earlier weight divisions. It, it takes a few years for these things to fill out for the prospects to start rising up um, through the ranks. But that's happening right now. So yeah, unfortunately, the pioneers they're not really getting to see their heyday. They're just kind of getting they 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 got to be
2: uh, welcome to the party just to get shooed right out. Especially in her case, where I felt like she was being kept out kind of due to spite. Like, the matchmaker seemed to have a problem with her or something. I don't know. I really thought, you know, the way she was performing in Invicta wasn't like she was snoozing it up either, as Mark would put it, you know. I mean, another one kind of in the same
1: boat, I think she just got her walking papers a week or two ago, was uh, Jessica Aguilar. Um, she, oh, I thought,
2: she, I thought she was going to roll come in and roll through, M- yeah, motherfuckers. Man. She was a
1: workhorse. Uh, she looked really good, and she's just been on a tremendous losing streak. I don't think she's won a single UFC fight, right? I feel like yeah. she's lost all her face, lo- Yeah, She's she gotten had... devastatingly smoked in some of them. So um yeah, some a lot of a lot of the uh veterans. It's tough, uh, but then occasionally you get someone like uh our favorite happy warrior. She actually managed to uh reinvent herself a little bit and actually got some like late success in this late stage of her career, but um it, it's it's a rare thing.
2: Yeah. Um UFC at Stockholm. <laughs> They're not coming back there if Gustave retired. <laughs> Mike <laughs> <laughs> That's the last card in Stockholm. <laughs> I mean, you
0: never know, man. Maybe... maybe My Justin man, Ilar Latifi. Like
2: you think they're coming just for my man, Ilar Latifi? Why did that... I, I did not even look wide if I got canceled. I just saw it was canceled, and I'm like, whatever.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure why I got canceled either. I just know when I went to check for the results of the fight, it wasn't there, and I didn't give it a second thought.
2: Latifi pulled out due to a back injury. Space. Too many potatoes.
0: Well, Uh when you're that dense and that low to the ground, your back's going to suffer some.
2: Yeah. um, Sounds about right. Um, So, yeah. UFC uh, got through this another fight night card, which was on ESPN Plus with one relevant fight. One or two, I guess. Could have been three. um, But they're going to be on pay-per-view this Saturday. um, Live from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. And I really hope they play the music, on Do-do-do, do-do-do. Doo, doo. I'm just making noises to people that don't like basketball. But the old music they used to play when uh, Michael Deuce announced the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. I'm imagining I knew what you were going for,
1: Bob. You weren't close at all. Yeah, but I was going to say, that. Yeah. that song, I know that
0: yeah. song. And I
2: did not get do Yeah, I mean, I, doo, doo, doo. I didn't do a good job. I apologize. That sounds
0: like the Baby Shark song more than
2: anything, Bob. Okay. Um, UFC is going to be in Chicago this Saturday with Try two... That. Shy Town gonna have a Shy Town Rumble. Um, two title fights, a hell of a contender fight. Shit, you know what? This is just an awesome card. Pretty much top to bottom. I'm gonna. I don't have fight pass anymore, and I can't watch uh, Caitlyn Chukasian and Joanne Calderwood. So I'm a little sad about that. I'm concerned that uh, Joanne's curtain jerkin because uh, that makes that makes me think she's not long for this uh, for this promotion. She's on a two fight. She's on a two fight win streak. So yeah, I was just about to ask. Didn't she win her last fight? I'm assuming that she's on this early because they want peep, and it's on fight pass, meaning they want the foreign folks to be able to watch this at a certain time. Because if this starts at three thirty in California, that's like is it seven hours? Uh, Sure, let's go seven hours. I don't know. It's actually viewable. Um, but uh, and Angela Hill's fighting on the fight pass portion. I feel she fought like 20 minutes ago, uh, trying to get another win together. So we'll see. Um Before we get to this, though, Nate Diaz is out there giving interviews on the MMA on Ariel show. I was about to say MMA hour. He's out there giving interviews, interviews Mark. Does that make you more confident that he's actually going to fight Anthony Pettis and it's actually going to happen? Uh, I think I
3: said I was very confident when you first mentioned it I was not confident at all. I was like, oh, this guy's never going to fucking fight. He always yeah. talk. It's always a lot of talk from Nate and wanting money and waiting for that special fight and not enough fighting for my uh, my taste, but I, I'm still holding hope. Right? Um, I just want to see him back. It's just, and it, it's so sad now that it's like Nate has become like the Diaz brother that we're like, oh, and it, not that like not to d- diminish Nate, but like it's really just that Nick is so far gone that that train has passed. We're never getting that guy in the octagon ever again, and now I'm like crossing my way, we, we all fought so hard
2: for Nate Nick not to get a five-year suspension for weed, and it's been like seven years. Yeah. Um, it's just that they're amazing talents, and I want to see them fight more often, but yeah, obviously you they know what? you know what? They yeah, know what they, well, Nate knows what he's worth, and exactly. Nick can tell you to go eat shit at this point. Nate was kind enough to let us know that he's not interested in fighting Conor McGregor. I'm interested in fighting winners. He lost his last fight, and I won my last fight. You think I'm trying to fight someone who just got his ass beat all over the place? Wait, what was wait, Nate's
0: wait, wait, wait. Well, hold on. Wait a second. What? Uh,
2: uh, 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 the judges felt otherwise about Nate's last fight because he yeah. lost to Connor. <laughs> I was say, Yeah, He fought Conor. Right? That being him. said, under the unified DS scoring sc- uh, system. Whose face jacked up more. Well, co- yeah, I think it still might have been Nate. Um, I think so, too. He got- no, it, was a, it was a really good fight, and I think he lost three rounds. It was, but he got
3: dropped like five times. It's like, I yeah. really knew Nate won that fight, and I was kind of hating on Connor. He
2: said he's done fighting at uh, lightweight because Cause he's the king of that division, and there's no reason for him to fight down there, which I'm like, okay, then it's the 170-pound guys I want you to fight. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. He could say that. I'm not going to believe him. You got to get that strap. Well, he, him and Anthony is 170. Yeah, I mean that it's fine. No.
3: But, I mean, he could say he's king of 155. He didn't hold that strap, so I'm not. I'm not. A I liar. mean, but I want
2: to see the kid fight. He can say whatever he wants. He can yeah, say, honestly, hey, now I'm getting Nate. Like, I'll I'll play. Play. I believe whatever we have play. to all lie to Nate and tell him he was champion. It's fine with me too.
0: Also, I'm I'm starting to think that Nate doesn't have a subscriptions to Fight Pass because he doesn't know a lot of people in the UFC based on that interview he had today. He doesn't know who Usman is. He doesn't know who the champ is at 155. I, I mean, think shoot, his argument.
2: Well, he was trying to make the argument that these guys, you know, no, they're nobodies, and he says he defeated Khabib when they got that fight in the crowd. So I'm like, that's all it well, takes Clint, for Nate. He Nate
3: in the crowd too. I well, they kind, kind of the got model. in a brawl
2: outside of a World Series of Fighting event. It was, oh, okay. I thought you meant he, that was a whole... he won fight. I was like, Nate was in there
3: too, and he says he beat Khabib. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I, I have a feeling that Nate prescribes to the Hicks and Gracie uh, win loss record, where he just counts everything. I like the, the, scra- the scrap un- he has in the parking lot, the, the sparring he has in uh, in the practice rooms, uh. he just counts it all
2: undefeated. Um, also some big news this week. Uh, in addition to the Gustafson retirement and Nate actually giving some interviews, is that uh we got ourselves a in terms of MMA media a new player because the Athletic, um, mostly known for well I guess every other sport at this point. Being a subscription-based, um, sports we- news website with long-form articles. Some really good shit. They went and signed every MMA reporter worth reading. Chuck Mindenhall, Sean Alshadi, Ben Folks, Chad Dundas, Josh Gross, Fernanda Protest. They got the guy who used to run MMA Junkie to run this shit. So, um. I'm not telling people to spend their money or not spend their money, but uh, you can get a subscription because they're launching MMA. It looks like it's three bucks a month. You pay if you pay for the year, so thirty-six bucks. You can check that shit out online. What about you? It's got, I already did it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I I canceled WWE Network, so they can get three of those ten dollars a month. I so, hate subscription websites.
3: They piss me off. Like the New York Times, when I see an article I'm like, I oh, only read this New York Times article. And they're like, oh, did you pay us I'm like fuck you, New York Times, your news? I can get that shit from anywhere. Fuck off.
0: Yeah, Mark, these damn assholes wanting to get paid for their services. I, I, they can not, as much ads as they want. They can add it up on the sides. That that, like, that, that a, doesn't here's an article
3: I'm like, okay well, I'm interested in reading. Well here's the thing people ad.
2: have learned they're not making any money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no one's no, making any money through ads. Mark you're being real cheap right now.
2: I'm being I'm not gonna pay
3: anybody to read. What if they charge you a late fee?
2: Article. What? What? What if the subscription site charges you a late fee if you're three days late to pay them? I'm
3: definitely not gonna. Well,
2: <laughs> you can't be late when
3: you pay them because they they got you on lockdown. <laughs> if you're not, if you, when you're late on paying a subscription fee, you don't have that subscription anymore. And Mike, I will say, I will never subscribe to written articles. I'm. I am a man of a millennial. I need to see video at the very least, and even then, you got to be top notch, baby.
2: Fair enough. Um Anthony Joshua went out there and got himself knocked out, Mike.
0: Yes, yes he did, Bobby. Uh Anthony Joshua looked like a brown He-Man, chiseled uh, like granite, looked like, well, let's say onyx for these purposes, you know, since he's since he's black. And he got knocked out by at least from appearance's sake, one of the most unathletic looking dudes in sports. Uh what was the guy's name uh John Anthony, John Anthony Ruiz I believe John Anthony Ruiz yeah. if I'm right yeah um
2: junior I didn't oh junior I'm
0: so sorry Put, uh, put some
2: respect on that name Mike Second of me
0: he does have a shit ton of belts now um and even before knocking out Joshua he would've been able to kill me no problem I didn't watch the fight because much like me and the rest of the boxing world we assumed that Joshua would just run through this guy
2: was it on but the zone or was it on pay per view? It was. It was on the zone. I'm not and out here. I'm not out here trying to give those people. I mean, I just signed up for a different subscription service. I'm not out here trying to give the zone twenty dollars a month.
0: Yeah, and I would say the four of us should go in on a subscription to the zone, but they only allow two streams uh, simultaneously.
2: Well, let me tell you, ESPN Plus said five streams, and then we all signed up for it as one thing, and then they just dropped that shit down to three. We see Wait, you. What? When did that happen? Oh, like a month and a half ago.
3: Yeah, like when they released, and they're like, "Wait, yeah." A the second day they... we thought would buy this, bought this. And like, well, let me tell you, is,
2: folks, this, this tells you how much our what our everday viewing is at. That we have not reached a point where there was three of us watching more than three of us watching at the same time for any of these cards. Well, so.
0: we know that Phil's never watching. So God bless him. Yeah. That that's what that we do wasn't gonna you know have any issues with. And you guys watch a lot of these together yourselves. So it's also that. Mark's a big fan of watching it the next day. Yeah. It's actually not
1: true. If it's on ESPN, we do not hang out. We're like, That's I don't true. need a yeah,
2: fucking it, to fight anywhere. These, these, this Saturday, oh, Stefan's out here, but yeah,
1: the ones like the pay per views, we are doing this. Yeah,
3: when it's like Mark's gonna pay twenty dollars or eight dollars, like yeah, I'll I'll begrudgingly go over to Bobby.
2: Let me tell you what happened this time, Mike. Where I was, I was like, I was telling Stefan, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna come to your house and watch NXT. Stefan was like, yeah, okay. And I said we could watch Gus if that happens when I get there. And then like two hours before I got there, I'm like, hey man, Gus retired fights over. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was our viewing experience on Saturday. Um All right, let's pick some fucking fights. Um I should curse less. You guys should demand I that. I, um, don't I don't think that of all the things that we can improve, I don't think less cursing is the thing we should focus on. Um This card, we're going to go from bottom up here. Uh eight fights we're going to pick. Um we're pretty much picking the entire preliminary card for uh, that's on ESPN. Uh, except for Ricardo Lamas, Calvin Qatar, Um and uh, the main card as well. First up, the fight we have long since mentioned the UFC booked because both of the uh, combatants are very attractive. Carolina Kowalkiewicz, Alexa Grosso. I was talking to Steph about this earlier today. Steph, about that betting line seems very appropriate, quite frankly. Why don't you give the people what it is? Um, more or less a coin
1: flip. Uh, you have the younger gun. Alexa Grasso is the slight underdog at plus
2: 120 to Carolina's minus
0: 140.
2: Um, how we got here? I believe Miss Grasso should finally get a W, Steph, in their last one, or am I mistaken? Not the last one. Not, Not the last,
1: the last one. one. The last one was Felice. No, it
3: was a no. Sh- Suarez. So. No, that was not right. Imagine my... how that happened. Hey.
2: Yeah, you can't find that. That's the champion to be. Um, she, before that, she got a win over Randa Marcos, a split. Been. Uh, she's 2-2 two two in the UFC so far. Carolina Kovalkiewicz has had a bit of a rough go of it um, last couple of fights. Getting knocked out by Jessica Andrade just fucking wrecked her. And then Michelle Watterson put on a career performance against her back in March. So fairly quick turnaround for her here. Um, what do you got, buddy? Steph? Um I'm going with the underdog. Um I'm a big fan of both of them, both of no, them. No, surprise uh, at that.
0: Stuff. Huh? No, it is is surprise at that stuff. We all know you love Alexa Grasso.
1: Oh yeah, that's I've been hyping her since Invicta. Like I I've actually been watching her since very early in her career. Um and I thought she was going to be a big prospect. Uh she looked um, she wasn't just good in Invicta. She looked outright dominant. Um, she really looked like she was next. She No, she showed some weaknesses in her game. Um, but uh, being that I follow both of them on Instagram, um, I will say Alexa looks like she's making strides in her training camps. She looks like she knows what she needs to improve. Um, she's really been working with grapplers. Uh, she did a stint where she trained with Cejudo. Um, and hell, if you know, that if wrestling's your weakness, that's a really good guy to go train with. Whereas Carolina, I think she's kind of um, the way she's lost, and especially how she looked against uh, Michelle, she seems like she's plateaued a little bit. Um, I, I don't know whether it's a change of scenery, if it's athletic limitations. Or is she just facing the cream of the crop? Um, I I love Michelle Watterson, but she she has some holes in her game, too. She leaves a lot to be desired in terms of her skill set. She's not exactly big for the weight class. She doesn't have an exactly amazing reach. And she absolutely shut down Carolina. So is it a sign of just things to come with Carolina? Who knows? Maybe she gets on track here. But um, right now, the trajectories are looking opposite for me. So I'm going with the younger Grosso.
2: All right. Um, I'm taking Carolina, which probably isn't a surprise. Um, let me tell you what I think happened here. I think Carolina looked and said, man, if I beat Michelle Watterson, they're gonna make me fight, fight Tatiana Suarez. So she made a tactical decision. Like, I'ma lose this one. You know? You know, let me just take it a little easy. Avoid that Suarez hurricane. Which is gonna hit Nina saying, Nina answer off. No, jokes aside, um, this is a, uh, Real been a, a real coin flip. Um I haven't really enjoyed either one of theirs lack each or one either Carolina or Alexa Grasso's kind of lack of aggression in their fights. A lot of waiting for the other party to get off first. Um so I'm a little, you know, iffy on that, but um I just, you know, lean Carolina in general. She's one of my favorite female fighters. And then a pickup i 'em I'm gonna pick her. So I got Carolina. Mike?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Carolina as well. Um, but I think with my pick here, this is more just being, you know, less impressed with, uh, Grasso. You know, just looking at the fights that Grasso's won, she's beaten Heather Joe Clark and Randa Marcos. Um, not exactly the cream of the crop, but it's not like, Carolina's, uh, you know, hitless is that much better. Uh, the Rose Namajunas win—it's, uh, it's starting to look a, a little distant in the in the past. But uh, I'm gonna go with the old adage that you know the competition that Carolina's faced has just been higher. Um, you know, losing to Andrade is nothing to, to sneeze at, and yeah, I mean, Watterson does have some holes, especially when it comes if she's fighting a, a grappler or someone that's uh, much bigger than her, but. You know, Watterson is a pretty elite striker as well. So Carolina losing to her isn't exactly the, you know, the the biggest deal in the world. So I'm gonna go with Carolina in this fight, Marcus. Yeah,
3: this one's really tough. I've probably flip-flopped like three times just while you guys are going back and forth. And it wasn't Mike that convinced me, but I found the 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 key I needed to finally make my decision. Um, And it's really bad MMA math that I've I've alluded to here because I think it's really easy to look at Alexa Grasso and be like, oh, you know, she hasn't really set the world on fire in her UFC stint. But you look at those two losses and Felice Herring, I think that one hurt a lot when it happened because we didn't think super highly of Felice. I think after that fight, she had a bit of a run. And uh, I know my personal um, evaluation of her went up a little bit. That being said, Carolina did beat her after Felice Herring beat Alexa Grasso. And that's ultimately the bad math I'm using to uh, validate uh, picking Carolina here because I think Alexa Grasso and I really look at those losses and it's like you have a fleece herring, which that one's a little bit like that's a fight maybe she should have been able to win. And like you said, Bobby, she fights Schwartz and It's like I don't think... Anyone is going to do particularly well against her unless, you know, they're the champion and they've really established themselves. So those losses don't weigh too heavily on me. Um, I do think Carolina has, has fought the, the tougher competition and has fared well in some of those fights. You know, she did beat Rose. Um, she did beat Felice, like I mentioned before, but she's coming off a couple of, of hard losses. Um, so this one, it really is a, 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 toing, a coin toss um, by I'm going with Carolina
2: just because that Felice Herring math just won me over. All right, first of eight fights, we broke it down like it was a goddamn championship fight. No problem. It's a fun one. It's
1: a fun
3: fight. I mean, you started Uh, me
2: off with
1: like one of my favorite fighters, so what do you want me to say? And
2: then Um, yours, Bob. Aljamain Sterling, Pedro Munoz, um, my guy Aljo is calling for some top competition, and shit, uh, he's getting it, man. Pedro Munoz on a three-fight win streak. He knocked out Cody Garbrandt, took out Brian Caraway, defeated Brett Johns. His only UFC, he's he's on a 7 and 1 uh, over his last 8. His only loss was a split to John Dodson, which he is very unhappy about still, quite frankly, when you bring it up. Um, his also his only UFC losses are splits to John Dodson and Jimmy Rivera. Aljo in his last fight really put on an excellent performance. Didn't let Jimmy Rivera do anything. Um, you made use of his reach, which was nice to see. Um, he too's on a three-fight win streak. He's won five of six. His loss in there is to the Marlon Morais wrecking train that was 2017 through 18. Steph, what's the betting line here? Um,
1: another near coin toss. Aljo is the slight favorite at minus 135. To Pedro Munoz is plus 115.
2: Yeah, I got Aljo. Um, he's kind of my guy. I am a little worried. Because Pedro Munoz is out here wrecking people, um, really, I'm not as worried as I'm about the main event, but this one I'm worried about. Aljamain, I'm a big algerman fan. I, he's his last fight gave me a lot of confidence in that he's shown that he's actually we're seeing stuff with the hands. He's not depending entirely on you know turning the other man into a pretzel. Um, so his performance against Jimmy Rivera really impressed me. So I'm hoping he can build in that momentum, get it, get make it four in a row. Either way, the winner of this one probably deserves a title shot. No matter what happens um mike what do you got yeah i have Aljo as well
0: um muñoz's win against uh, garbrandt was big um and i'm not one to discount somebody's wins but i chalk that win up more to i think carbrant garbrandt is a little broken um he didn't look like he fixed anything from his uh, his fights against tj um Sterling has looked good in his last few fights. Um, he hit that sixth submission, I think, in his uh, second to last fight. Um, and he looked really good against Jimmy Rivera in his last fight. It looks like he's really starting to put things together for himself.
2: Marcus, what do you think? you going to join us with Aljo over here, or are you going to take the, I'm going to say, Brazilian buzzsaw that is Pedro Munoz? Yep, Brazilian. A yeah. young punisher. Did not know that was his nickname. <laughs> yeah this one's really hard um yeah, and it I, really is and cool. i i am
3: leaning towards pedro on this one and, and a lot of it just has to do with biases that aren't fair for Algermain at all because seriously i get this dude and neil magny mixed up all the time when i saw this fight i was like didn't this dude just get hosed and i was totally right about him being washed up and i look at his record i was like oh i know this is a different this is a different dude that occupies the same space as neil magny so i'm going with pedro um i think uh a lot of stuff you said, Bobby, about Sterling, his performance in his last fight, utilizing his long reach. I mean, I think – and I, I was looking through Pedro's record trying to think like, okay, where's a matchup that kind of is similar to this Sterling fight where he fought like a tall, lengthy guy that's good with submissions, is decent on his stand And there's not – I don't see anyone that he's fought in that's quite like Aljamain Sterling. He can present some really interesting problems. Um, I'm going off pure um, momentum. Pedro, just I think that Cody Garbrandt win is huge. He stopped the dude that was champion, that was top dog for a while. That beat uh, Dominic Cruz. I have to think his maybe his mental headspace is in a really good spot. I think this is an extremely tough fight. Um, but I'm just heading towards Pedro. Let's make it interesting.
1: Steph, uh, Mark, if you're a fan of MMA math, why are you not bringing up uh, their common opponent? Um, <laughs> and that is uh, the former Mr. Uh, Misha. Uh, he beat, he beat Aljo pretty handily. And, uh, Steph,
3: I was looking at that and I was like, okay, that's a good point I could use. And then I looked down and he lost to Jimmy Rivera. And I was like, well, the, the math goes both ways <laughs> on this one. That's yeah,
1: a- but Jimmy Rivera was good and for some reason has turned into a bum his last Was that the
2: one? Was, did Aljo get Brian Caraway in like a full Nelson or was it, somebody got in a full Nelson in that one? And this looked uncomfortable, but they were not in danger of tatch- tapping out. Am I thinking, am I making this shit up in my head or not? Without uh, between Aljo and Caraway. Oh, it Um, might have been that fight because Pedro
1: finished him in like two in the first,
3: so it definitely wasn't that one. Maybe the
1: um. Anyways, I'm I'm taking Pedro. Aljo, and granted, in his last match, that's the one and only time I've ever been perfect, per, like impressed by him. Um, I've, you call him your ma- your guy, Bobby. I don't remember you hyping Aljo for that long to be honest. That's not a shade. I'm like, is this a new turn of events? Have you oh, always been an excited Aljo
3: fan? about his sign? It isn't it wasn't Aljo uh, Sterling the one that did the big signing on the MMA Hour? Was that him? Or was yeah, yeah, that was Maddie? like
1: four years ago.
2: Mike, defend my love of Aljo Sterling. You I, definitely whatever. I, I've never <laughs> been
1: sold on Aljo. I just believe Pedro's more legit. We can move on to the next fight.
0: I will say that Bobby has caped up for Aljo a good amount in the past.
2: Yeah, thank you. I got one that's finally winning some shit, and Stephon's trying to take it away from me. I mean, he
1: fits into your prospects that don't impress me very much, but
2: I do like that uh, how uh, Aljomaine and Neil Magny fit the same thing in Mark's head, which is literally... Lanky black dude with a squarish haircut that Bobby roots for and cons- but consistently underperforms. It's basically what he got going on. It was <laughs> a White, It was a welterweight. <laughs> I think me and Steph need to get a
3: soundbite of Shania Twain's that don't impress me much. So when <laughs> these guys come up and you just click that,
2: you get what we're going after. Uh, Tatiana Suarez need to an answer off. Steph, I might just read the line? Uh yeah, so uh, this is the second biggest
1: favorite on the card and Tatiana is minus 900 to Nina's plus 600.
0: Um So yeah, um but, but so you guys know, um uh I make the uh, predictions, uh staff predictions before the uh you know the podcast goes on. I just put the liberty of putting all of us for picking Suarez. Um Yeah, um
2: just this, this is okay. uh Jessica Andrade is holding Tatiana Suarez's belt. I firmly believe that. So Yeah, we're all picking her. Do we want to pick how long this takes? No. We're all picking Tatiana. I mean, okay. I think it's going to take seven minutes. Nina's tough. Just my two cents. Um, I'll say this about
1: Nina. I never pick her, but she always wins.
2: She always wins in all those times I don't pick her. And then this fight's going to be over and Carolina's going to be like, yeah, I made the right choice. I didn't need to beat Michelle Waterson. I could have gotten choked. Um, yeah, Nina's going, end up on her back. Um, I hope she has a good plan when she gets there. A really, really good one. Um, imagining if she trains with Amanda Nunes at all, she's used to facing someone with a size advantage, which I don't even know if Tatiana has that as much as Tatiana's just an incredibly good grappler and is goddamn ferocious. When this girl loses, I'm going to look like a dumbass, but I'm, I'm all in on she, her being champion. I firmly believe it. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean I you know, since
3: we don't really need to break down the fight. I, this is this fight's exciting because we have an extremely hot prospect that has not disappointed yet and it's just kind of like how long until the wheels come off on this one, you know, is is she going to be the all-time great that I think we all see in her? Like I I think we all seen the skill set where it's like she presents a lot of high, complicated problems for a lot of the women she's going to face. Her grappling is just on a completely other level. Um, Not just on top, but getting girls to the ground as well. So it's just going to... For me, it's just like I just want to see how much she's improving from fight to fight, and if she can keep this momentum going, because she's red hot right now. And I don't see it stopping. I think she's going to win this fight. And like you mentioned, Bob, it's just it's hard to square her up with a lot of the other top contenders in this division, and think like they're going to be able to stop what she's what she's able to do, you know. And, and you're right, Bob. At some point, everyone gets their comeuppance sooner or later. Um, it just depends on how long you stay in the game. And you know, maybe hers are going to come up sooner than we think. But right now, she's just she's top dog, and I'm excited to see her career and the fight she has coming forward because she's
2: a real talent. Seven and O is a pro. Three and oh on the Ultimate Fighter. Two and oh as an amateur. She was training for the 2012 Olympics when. She had a neck injury, and they checked, and she had a cancerous growth uh, growth in her thyroid. So, why she didn't go to the Olympics? Ouch. Yeah, Um, she's a killer, Mike. I mean, yeah, we're she's. I mean, you already said it. We all picked her. So, Mm -hmm. Um, all right, first fight on the main card: large men throwing their hands at each other for about three minutes, and then one of them is going to be tired. Hopefully, the fight's over at that point. Um... Tai Tuivasa, taken on Blagoj Ivanivovich. I fucking closed the window. Help me out, guys. <laughs> Ivanov. I added, made his name more complicated than I need to. Apologize, Blagoy. Um Stefan, betting odds, I'm assuming, is pretty close when it's just two heavyweights throwing leather.
1: Uh, you're pretty much betting on who's going to hit first or who's going to gas first. But Tai uh, Tuivasa is the favorite at minus 145 to Blagoy's plus
2: 125. I mean, last time Ty fought was when he got knocked out by Junior by TKO. I barely remember that fight, and it was in December. He's eight and one. Blagoy, uh, he might have lost lost his last fight. He lost to Junior too. Came back and beat Ben Rothwell, which is a welcome surprise to see Ben Rothwell was still fighting. Uh, I mean, I I go and tie to Ivasa. I don't have a reason. He's he's younger. I think there's hope there. He's what this Blagoy is thirty two. Ty is. 26. He's a baby in heavyweight years. I'm going to tie to Ivasa Mike?
0: Yeah, this one was a tough one for me to pick, so I did what I always do with uh, important decisions. I flipped a coin, and it landed on Ivasa. Stefan? I am picking a wild run of underdogs here. Um, I'm
1: going with Beloy. Uh, okay,
2: man. my man's like plus 125.
1: Doing some, uh, no, but I actually have legit reasoning. Uh, doing MMA math, uh, they both fought Junior. Junior knocked one of them out, and Junior went to a horribly boring decision against another guy. I don't think Blagoy is any good whatsoever, but the motherfucker is a tank and tie gasses. So I, I see Ty gassing and him, uh, you know, the old Homer Simpson defense. Uh, Blagoy is just going to hang in there until he gets that late stoppage. Mark?
3: Yeah, I'm actually going with Bogoy as well. Um, and I I, I I actually like Ty. I think of the two, he's the more interesting guy. I think, um, you know, potentially him having a run could be really interesting. I think he's more charismatic. I think he's better on the mic. Um, I think he's going to garner a bigger fan base than um, Ivanov or whatever. Um, I, I think the other guy's just been in the game a little bit longer. He's fought tougher competition. And look at his record. It's like, what is it, like 12 2? Or no, it's like. Yeah, 17 and 2 with one no contest. Dude's had a lot of fights. He's won most of them. Um, they have a common opponent in Juno Dos Santos, which they both sure came to. But um, yeah, I, I, I kind of hope Ty wins, but I'm, I, my money's just on um, this Russian cat getting it done.
2: All right. Um, Jimmy Rivera, somehow on a better portion of the card than Algermaine Sterling and Pedro Munoz. Uh, take it on Peter Yan, and that somehow is because he's fighting Peter Yan and they, are, they have assigned this Russian man, this Russian 26-year-old, the task of uh, whooping Jimmy Rivera's ass because this guy is on a seven-fight win streak. He's what, minus 300 or something, Steph? Minus 355. Uh, when we were in Vegas and we were
1: looking at this at the sport book, this was the first line that immediately caught my eye. I yeah. was like, what happened to Jimmy Rivera that he is this big of an underdog and, like apparently I need to know this Peter Young guy. For the record, I may as well make the pick. I'm going to take Peter Young. All I saw was he made a statement that said, I'm going to hurt Jimmy Rivera really bad, and then I'm going to call out a fighter better than him. He's a man with a plan, and I respect that plan.
2: Yeah, I mean, I watched, after after we. I was, you know, I, I was like, let me look this guy up when I got home, and I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I'll take him. Uh, Jimmy, that loss, his first loss in like, what was that, like 25 fights? When Marlon Moraes just you know, he got he got hit in that Marlon Moraes uh, wrecking crew there. He Jimmy got wrecked, and then he didn't look good in that fight where he beat John Dodson at all. Nobody looked good, and he looked very uninspired against Aljo. Peter Yan's young; he's hungry. The reason this is on the main card is for Peter Yan to win. I'm taking Peter Yawn. Mike.
0: Yeah, I'm taking Peter Yan as well. I remember watching this fight against John Dodson, and John Dodson looked. All types are frustrated by that end of that fight because he wasn't able to get anything off in that fight. Peter Young looks like he can be a future contender in this division.
2: Mark, you got to take the guy you actually saw fight?
3: Jimmy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing is um, I- I'm taking Peter as well. Just pure odds um, because honestly, looking at his record, I mean, that Joe Dodson win is a nice scalp. The rest of it's a lot of no names besides I mean, am I going to give the dude a bunch of credit for beating my boy Ishihara? No, I'm not going to give him a lot of credit for that. That doesn't give you a lot of points. Or beating Jin Soon Sun? No, these scalps, these scalps don't give you any money at the market. But Dodson, that gives you a little money. You look at Jimmy Rivera. There's a lot of good scalps on this dude's record. He has really fought in some some of the tough toughest guys in the division and gotten Ws off them. I'm just going to go off pure hype. You know, if honestly, if I didn't know the line. And you guys weren't saying how good peter was i'd go with jimmy just off of familiarity but i'm gonna i'm gonna buy into the hype and hopefully i don't look foolish after it
0: man mark with all this talk of scalps you must have head on the mine.
2: I, mean, I don't know what you're that, was, with you. that you're was terrible like you're further from the truth <laughs> that was so bad <laughs> mike we gotta feed this up mike needs to go to bed uh <laughs> Tony, that was so dumb. Tony Ferguson, what are you talking about? That was A plus material. Tony Ferguson, Donald Cerrone. Um, Tony came back faster than I think any human beings ever come back from tearing all his shit in his knee to um, have just an awesome performance performance against Anthony Pettis. You could tell his leg wasn't totally there. That was last October. Since then, man, a lot of stuff happened. There was a restraining order. His wife was saying he thought there's uh, someone spying on him. There was a man. Straight up, it sounded very Chris Benoit was the best analogy. I don't just say that to be alarmist. It sounded exactly like the type of paranoid shit that was going on with Chris Benoit. Not to make describe what Chris Benoit was. Go ahead and Google that shit. He went to therapy apparently. Uh, Tony Ferguson. They ran all sorts of tests on him. Came back with a clean bill of health. So, God willing, is okay. Donald Cerrone, since he's become Donald Dad mode, Cerrone is just beating the shit out of people. These fights aren't close. He is hurting these folks, and um, he beat my guy, Al Quinta's ass. I mean, Al said it himself. He says I got my ass beat for like 25 minutes. Um, this is a close one, right, Steph? Is Donald actually the favorite? Uh, Donald is the underdog, but it is. Basically, a coin flip with Donald
1: at plus 110 to Tony Ferguson's minus 130.
2: Uh, I mean, I took Donald against, I didn't take him against Al. I definitely, I mean, I, I feel I've been let down by Donald a lot when we get to this point where they give him like a serious contender fight or a title fight. What's another time? I got Donald Cerrone. I just, Tony Ferguson, man, my reasons for not picking him right now are the same reasons why I don't necessarily want to see him fight. It's just I'm not comfortable with the whole situation so does that stefan Mm -hmm. i'm taking tony um i
1: i think the world of tony as a fighter uh i think he might be the most complete fighter in the he offers the most interesting fight to uh khabib and we all know that is a cursed fight so i'll never get to see that in my lifetime but um yeah he's got a lot of problems and that's its own can of worms and floodgate basically but um in terms of pure fighting i think tony's one of the best in the world
2: marcus i know tony's your guy what do you think about this fight i'm assuming you're taking tony but what do you think in general of this yeah we and i've been talking on and off about it for like a month or two now
3: yeah I no I, i'm taking tony in this fight and i because i agree with stefan you know on paper tony ferguson is probably one of my favorite fighters to watch um you know the dude just he has the The biggest heart I've ever seen of anybody. Dude's face covered in blood. There's no quit in this man. And if Cerrone didn't have the streak that he just had, especially with that last fight with Al Quinta, I'd be even more confident that Tony was going to take this fight because you have one fighter that does not break. Tony does not break. He's never broken. I've never seen this man break. He's gotten an ass whooping and he keeps coming. A while ago, you couldn't say that about Cerrone. When... The train leaves the station. It's not going in his direction. He kind of mentally would collapse, and but we haven't seen that. We saw in the Al Alquinta fight, he had a really tough customer. He was able to get it done. Um, I just think Tony Ferguson's a much better fighter than Al Alquinta, uh, and my main concerns are the same ones you brought up. You know, I, I'm concerned about Tony's mental uh, state, and not just that. You know, he's saying weird things, just like. Is his thought process being manipulated because of the damage he's taking in these fights? Because, like I said, one of the reasons I like him is because he has a heart, you know, this iron heart. He keeps coming. But that also means this guy is getting a lot of punishment. He's getting hit a lot in his fights. And I honestly am concerned about his well-being, you know, going— I mean, he got
2: dropped in the last one, actually. He gets dropped in almost all his
3: fights. Yeah. He he takes a lot of
2: punishment. No, I mean, everything you guys are saying is totally right, too. Because, like, when you said, like, you know, Donald tends to— Like, I— It's the confluence of events together is why. Like, I'm like, I don't know what's going on with Tony. And then Donald is fighting the best he's ever fought. And I'm like, well, somehow Donald seems more of a sure thing, which is weird to say in a contender fight. But, yeah, everything you guys are saying is totally right. It's hard to disagree with any of it. All all that uh, aside, this is a fucking awesome
3: fight. I'm probably the most excited to see this fight of any of them on the card because I think this one has the the highest probability of really creating a fight of the night fight of the year type of uh, a fight here. And I, I, I just see, I just see Tony getting it done. This dude just always gets it done. There's no lose in this man. He finds a way. If you're kicking the shit out of him, he'll get you into a scramble and snatch up a choke. Um, I'm just super excited to see what happens when these two guys collide.
2: Um, Mike might be alone on
0: team Donald over here. I'm assuming. You will
2: indeed be alone
0: on team Donald. As Mark said, ferguson doesn't break the only time he has ever broken is when he tries to hop over camera cables besides that inside of the octagon he does not break
2: fair enough um i'm, I'm like i'm like i'm on, on my own or barely i'm on my own in like half these fucking fights aren't i <laughs> You're not what i'm talking about You're well, the uh, I'm, taking I'm you all to these about underdogs
3: yeah, Steph's taking okay. some weird ones, and I've I've joined along on with him for some of them.
0: Look, Bob, uh, we are almost halfway through the year. This year, I'm winning these goddamn standings, so I'm gonna pick my spots when I go
2: away from you. So I'm about to be in first place here. This is the card. Um, co-main event, Steph. I want you to go ahead and read the betting line. Um, this was
1: a fight that we looked at over and over again in Vegas, and the betting line was so absurd that it just ruined every bet. There was no reason to include it because all it could do what was it. Bobby, there was some scenario where Bobby bet fifty dollars and he won three dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was, was that, terrible. yeah. This yeah. was, uh, and I'm talking about. Uh, sorry, um, fuck. Oh, where's the line's not actually there? It is. Sorry, 14. Valentina Shevchenko is a minus fourteen hundred favorite. Over plus nine uh, twenty five, Jessica I. As I said to Bobby, I've never seen Jessica I win a fight in the UFC. I know she has. I've only seen losses. There's a reason this line is what it is.
0: For uh, yeah. for context, guys. Um, Anthony Joshua, the guy who beat him, if I'm right, was a. Uh, I think Joshua was a negative twelve hundred favorite. Um, in that fight.
2: Yeah, they do the shit in boxing all the time. That's what they do in boxing. They book one sided fights all the time. Yeah, a point of reference, people, minus fourteen hundred, just to, people aren't, we, we say these numbers a lot. And I'm sure we explained it like on the first time we did this, but minus fourteen hundred means you have to bet fourteen hundred dollars to win a hundred. That's what it means when it's minus. It means you're the favorite. Plus is the opposite. So when Stefan says she's plus nine twenty five means you have to, you bet a hundred dollars, you win nine hundred and twenty five dollars. Or you, you know, you can just flush that hundred dollars down your toilet. You know, just do it like that. Um, I, look, this is MMA, weirder shit has happened, though, actually, no, maybe not, I don't, I, this would be the biggest upset, what's number one right now, GSP and Matt Serra? I'm going this would be bigger than that, this would be the biggest upset ever, if Jessica I finds a way to pull this off, I don't think she does anything better than Valentina, like, I've heard them have interviews. I don't think Jessica I speaks English better than Valentina. Jessica I is from this country, okay? I This is not close. <clears throat> and may not finish in the first. Look, Jessica Guy, whooped my ass 16 ways from Sunday. But this is a mismatch. This is like Ronda Rousey, Bech hey, level of mismatch. Like, I mean, it might take a while because Valentina's not out there throwing bombs and stuff, but uh, Jessica I is not going to win. It's not going to be close. Mike? <laughs>
0: yeah i'm not even gonna entertain the notion of picking jessica i mean i'm literally
2: talking i'm talking about my favorite female fighter here so i'm biased as hell anyway but marcus how's jessica i win this
0: Mm -hmm.
3: sorry that that's uh you you can't really i mean i try to think of like what jessica is good at and a lot of it's just like what i thought she was good at like five years ago and you know, she she had a run where it was really bad, right? She lost four fights in a row. She's coming off of three wins, but two of them are split decisions. And, you know, Jessica Rose Clark is fine. Uh, Katya Kokangen is fine. But they're just not Valentina, right? And I mean, I, th- th-
2: this is a division with four people in it also. Yeah, it's honest. a
3: fairly light division. That's why Jessica's getting this shot. But, yeah, I think stylistically she does not match up well. Because I think what Jessica does the best is fighting at range. And Valentina does that better and has more weapons. So, I, it, it, yeah, there's a reason why the line's so m- mismatched.
2: Stefan, I mean, my scenario where the somehow she wins is if Valentina is getting up from a takedown and isn't paying attention, and then she gets kicked in the head. That's it.
1: Yeah, like I said, man, when we were in Vegas, this line was absolutely untouchable. Like, I think that says it all.
2: Yeah. Um... Main event, speaking of betting lines, (laughs) and touchable or not, Henry Cejudo, the man that slayed Demetrius Johnson, the man who gave T.J. Dillashaw possibly the worst night. Well, you know what? He didn't break his leg, but still a really bad night for T.J. Dillashaw, where his career and anything he's ever been accomplished has become into question. And on top of that, he got knocked out in 30 seconds, right? Um, and he also beat Demetrius Johnson too. Henry Sahuto is feeling himself right now. He is leaning into how, how like his whole, like, he's, I don't know what, the, he's kind of cringy, I guess, as the kids call it, where he's like, he mentions that he's an Olympic champion for fun now, just to annoy people because he knows people think he says it too much. He had, uh, fake security at the, uh, media day interview today. I'm all on board with Henry Sahuto. Even though I've been touting the Marlon Morice thing since he's in World Series of Fighting, part of this is because I have money on Henry Cejudo this weekend. Mark and I have money on Henry Cejudo. And, uh, Marcus, I'm going to tell you what happened when I was making this bet, what I was about to when I turned to Stefan and said, man, Marlon Morice is just hes knocking people out real fast. Uh, I'm real nervous. Betting line in this one, Stefan? Um, I, I don't know if this is the line you got,
1: but uh, at present, Henry Cejudo is even money. And Marlon Moraes is a slight favorite at minus one twenty. Wow.
2: You know what? Some money has come into Mar- Marlon Moraes recently, and he's now minus one thirty, and Henry is plus one ten. So people are not feeling about our good about our boy Cejudo. Uh, Marcus, we bet money on this. Um, yeah, <laughs> what do you, what do you got, of, man?
3: That line's kind of crazy. I mean, I think this fight is super competitive. It really, oh, yeah, it is. Um, and I mean, I've I've been very impressed um, since. Uh, uh, Marlon Moraes has, has joined the UFC. Even in his loss to Rafael Souza, I, I thought, I thought he kind of did a little bit more, but it was in Brazil, and uh, Souza tends to get the nods there. Um, and I mean, hey, he just beat—he had that rematch with a Sao and beat him in the first minute. I mean, he beat him in the first round, uh, you know, in three seventeen. It's just weird that Henry's still the underdog. Like he did beat TJ Dillashaw; he knocked him out like in under a minute. TJ Dillashaw was fucking running this division. He beat a Sun Sal. It's just weird how he knocked division. out Cody
2: Garbrandt twice. He beat Henry Hennenborough, and Hennenborough was the best fighter in the world, arguably. Maybe Man, not. look at you guys. you guys
1: just celebrating the merits of
2: Mr. And, Cheater. And Let's Man. also remember
0: one thing. <laughs> and he all of beat... that
2: is brought into question. now. <laughs> and let's
0: just remember he didn't just beat TJ Dillashaw. He beat TJ Dillashaw juice to the tits on EPO.
3: And, I mean, I have to assume. I mean, we, like, we all just assume, like, TJ was probably juicing all the time. That's why his performances. It's also why I say, let's let these guys juice. Look how good TJ Dillashaw became. This is a guy I never thought would touch the belt. He becomes like one of the best fighters pound for pound. Let these dudes juice. We're going to see some classic action. Or we're going to have rules and regulations and all that bullshit and not have any fun. So, whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, honestly, the the line's super close. I I think it it is a really close match. I like Henry because... The one thing he's gonna have is he's he's a dynamite in the clinch, right? If he can get this fight to the ground and just slow Morace down, that's a way that he can take some of the steam off. Um but Morace is a killer standing up and, and like you said, he's just been dropping dudes super quick in the first round. This is a really fantastic um main event. And I, I, I haven't I don't know Marlon Morace so well. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of his interviews or anything. But um, I have seen Henry, and I think Henry is a fantastic champion. I don't know why the UFC maybe isn't doing more to get him out there because, I mean, you have this guy who's a Olympic gold medalist. Dude's great on the mic. He has a great, like you said, Bobby, kind of like a cringy dad kind of humor, but he's just he's just a fun-loving guy. It's hard, you can't I mean, my man him.
2: showed up drunk for Ariel's end-of-the-year awards too on, on, on New Year's Eve. That was wonderful. Yeah. I'm all about this guy. <laughs> but this is a matchup where it's like if Marlon wins, it's
3: like, Fuck yeah! This dude's awesome. This dude, this is these are the types of champions that I want. Dudes that get it done, that go in there to finish fucking fights. Yeah, I'm always down for these types of fights. So uh, win, lose or draw, we're looking at a fantastic main event.
2: Yeah, we kind of have the uh shitty manager bull going on here. Also, we're Marlon Mairice's manager, Ali Abdelaziz, and you guys know who Henry Cejudo's manager is. The other Ali, Ali oh, Abdelaziz. No Scumbag bonanza going man, on in this fight. When I said, like, no matter who, who wins, we win? No. That manager. No. <laughs> the manager, that motherfucker wins. Mike, here's your chance, man. Me and Mark over here picking the smaller man. By the way, part of me is rooting for whatever scenario keeps that fucking flyweight division away, uh, alive. Because I'm worried Henry wins and there's no division anymore. But anyway, Mark, Mike, what do you got? Well,
0: I guess the real question with that one, though, is... If he wins this fight, I mean, will he just stay up at band away and then that's the end of the flyweights? Or if he loses this fight they're like, Well shit, this guy can't even win this belt. Like, let's just get rid of the flyweights. I what? feel like the flyweight division's done either way.
3: Yeah. But probably yeah. yeah. doesn't realize it's one of those old movies where it's like, well, I just talked to the flyweight He's like flyweight division's They been just get Joseph Benavidez an leader. extension. <laughs> yeah,
0: and then Sorry. they'll tell him need a cheeseburger and move up to one hundred thirty five. Joke, um, baby. Henry Cejudo, he's been racking up nothing but wins in this last year, except for that one L with uh, Nikki Bella. But you know what? No one can blame him, you know, because uh, she's dating one of the Dancing with the Stars studs. You know how to do on that show. But anyway, um, I think this is a really good thing. Henry Cejudo
2: Cejudo shot his shot at uh, Nikki Bella. Oh, did you
0: not know about that, Mark? I
2: don't know who that is. Mark, that's (laughs) the uh, the WWE. Anyway, Mike, go ahead. Mark
0: <laughs> I'll tell you about it later Mark. Um this is a really close fight. Um Marlon Moraes has been a killer for the last few fights. i um, basically since he's been in the UFC. But I think people are really discounting the fact that Cejudo's stand-ups look really good um since uh since before the uh the the DJ fight and people are always I guess kind of forgetting that he is a world-class wrestler. We'll have to see how Marlon Moraes can deal with that. I'm going to assume that that's going to be a big part of Cejudo's game plan for this fight. And he'll be able to ride him for five rounds and get the win. You
2: know what I'm saying? I'm going to call it out right now, folks. Mike here is making tactical picks. And we are at the beginning of June. Because Mike should be taking Marlon Moraes here. We all know it. But he saw who I'm picking. And I'm the only one in his zip code, which is yo, still like three games why, back. Why, and he's out here and doesn't he's like... Yo.
0: You're trying to sound real bitter like Steph was at the end of uh, December,
2: all right? You know what? I decided, Mike, just now. I decided I'm going to win. You're not winning this championship. I'm winning. I'm going to become a two time champion. Decided right now. Bitter for that year I won. Yeah. Win one, Mike. Win, win, that's Mike. it. I'm, he's not going to. I'm taking this away from him. You don't get to have it you anymore. You wait till you've come <laughs> to Flavor
1: Country, Mike, before you start talking to me. You
2: like know that. what, Mike? I'm going to drop a KD on you. You can be CJ McCollum. Don't worry about what's going on at the top because i have taken this from you. I'm taking it from you. Um, all right. Th- my, Stefan, pick the favorite. <laughs> Yeah, um,
1: (laughs) that's what's about to happen. But uh, I honestly think if Mark hadn't had the money, if you hadn't seduced him with that even money for Cejudo, um, I'm picking Moraes for uh, Bob while I teased you about uh, the very many disappointing prospects you champion. um, What is the one thing Mark and I also constantly do? We like to be the MMA hipsters. We champion the guy who rises outside of the UFC. We're the ones who like to believe in that guy who's coming in. You know, we've had many a failed Bellator prospects. That is why God bless Ben Askren, who gets absolutely fucking lit up. and wins on a total fluke and with a busted ass face says, is that the best you've got? <laughs> uh, you know, I love those guys who come out. Uh, and we saw Marlin in World Series and he looked like a fucking monster. Um, it looked like what it looks like now. He's just obliterating guys. And, uh, yeah, he came in, he fought that Assuncao uh, to a decision in that opening one, um, and who couldn't see that coming, because that's what a lot of Hot Bails fights, but what did he do? He avenged the F out of that, um, you know, that's exactly what you want to see in an evolution, um, I think but that's said, I think Cejudo deserves to be the favorite, um, shocked that he isn't, I think he's absolutely being undersold, um, because I'm picking Morace because I was always gonna pick Morace because he came from outside the UFC. I love those guys. I, I ride them until the wheels fall off. Um, but I'm I'm terrified of it. I think Cejudo absolutely should be the favorite because uh, he beat cheating TJ. Though for the record, though he looked absolutely awful. And I said, had I seen what he looked like before the fight started, um, I would have rescinded that pick. Um, but Cejudo's a monster. I mean, I think he cheated just to make weight. <laughs>
0: I said, I mean, if you had the picture
3: right there for TJ, give him a belt or something, because you basically took all your insides and put them on the side while you went on that scale. Because I don't know how he did it. Now we know how he he, did it. he said he felt great, but he looked like he was already dead.
0: He probably did feel great. He was hopped up on EPO.
3: <laughs> He's like these drugs make me feel so good, even though my body is destroyed. Uh,
2: yeah. All right. Um... That's a fucking pay per view card right there, so, Yeah, shit, man. It's awesome. Nice um, pick. Um
0: the standings are gonna look pretty different, most likely, by uh by Sunday.
2: It's like 10% of the fights
3: we've picked so far are going to all be so, on this card.
0: So one thing that we're also going to start doing is at the beginning of each month, we'll give you an update on what the standings are that we've been mentioning and talking shit about. So I mean, quite
2: frankly, we can probably do this every time we make picks, Mike. Even uh, <laughs> these guys aren't going to intended. our webpage, it's mamazing.com. No,
0: I can week. tell you, nobody's going to our webpage yeah. right yeah, now. I was <laughs> going to say that as well. No uh, one's going to right, our webpage. Right. We'll give it to so, the people. So, as of today, uh, June 3rd, I'm holding a slight lead at 24 and 21. Bobby is coming up right behind me at 23 and 22. Kid P is at 22 and 23. And DJ Mark is in last, but in spitting distance at 21 and 24.
1: I think we can I all agree. See. I'm, I'm in the power rankings, because I swear at one point I was like 8 and 20. Like, it was catastrophically bad to start the year.
3: Well, so it doesn't matter. Mike,
0: You've been under me the whole year, so how about even, that?
1: Even Mike winning, like, none of
3: us we're barely getting above 50, and you and me are below <laughs> it. This is not like we're banging it out this year.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm winning this year because one person here picked Henry Cejudo to beat TJ Dillashaw, and that was me. That was a good call. That's really the only good call I've made in, like, three years. But, yeah, yeah. Um, this is. I did. I was looking, and I did, The only time I had didn't pick Marlon Moraes besides this fight because God knows I was the only one watching this motherfucker in World Series of Fighting. Um, was I picked him against the Sun Tau the second time because I thought, shit, it's in Brazil again, isn't it? So <laughs> there we go. Um, Jesus, he's just a wrecking machine. Um, this is an awesome card, guys. Um, if you're an MMA fan, I mean, here you're listening to this podcast, you're probably an MMA fan. But this is um this is what you put up for the other shitty cards for this one these ones to be good. And I wish we could bet on things like will any UFC fighter say anything about the fact that their parent company is going public and not one of them is getting a fucking share of anything? Any UFC fighter not named Conor McGregor or Nate Diaz. What do you guys think? Maybe Al? Maybe Al Iaquinta will say something. That's it. <laughs> these are independent contractors, Bobby. They're all independent. They can all go they could all go wrestle f- fight anywhere next week independently buy their own shares of the stock um all right um we're going to do stuff we like um I'll end with the wrestling at the end um you guys missed our wonderful all in review from last week but uh really you're going to hear me talking about the post John Moxley world world we're all fucking living in and Marcus and Steph and I watched uh takeover but first Marcus, what do we got this week in video game news? I'm yeah,
3: sorry. I got a lot of uh, splattering
2: of things. Uh, so far, so
3: I not mentioned a couple of games I mentioned last week. Uh, Blood and Truth and Trover Saves the Universe, a couple PS, uh VR games. Uh, I played a little bit of both of them. Really enjoying Trover. Um, like I mentioned last week, that's from the creator, Joss Rowland, who did Rick and Morty. If you like Rick and Morty, I'm just going to go ahead and recommend you pick this up. Um, you're not playing this game for the gameplay. Um, you're really just playing it for the dialogue because it's all improv Justin Royal's specialty, and it is good shit. Like, I'm seriously, I'm in my VR headset and I'm sitting, listening to these two characters talk for 20 minutes because they just go on and on, and it is fucking good, especially if you like video games too. There's a lot of kind of like inside baseball video game jokes in there that I've really appreciated. Um, not a lot of games releasing this week, and that's fairly common because next week is motherfucking E3, and I won't be on the show next week because uh, I basically treat. E3 as a religious holiday um, and there is a press conference going on while we do the show um, and it's usually the big one Sony this year Sony is not at E3 um, which really sucks honestly it's really taken a lot of the magic of E3 out because they usually would really blow it up and announce a lot of fucking awesome games that's where they announced Final Fantasy 7 Reconfirmed Last Guardian Shenmue 3 showed up there they've been killing it on first party with God of War Death Stranding Last of Us 2, Spider-Man, I mean, they've been fucking killing it. So, them not being there really sucks, but um, Nintendo's going to be there. They're going to be showing stuff off. I think Microsoft's going to show up big and show off their next console. We have third parties, Ubisoft and Bethesda. And like I mentioned, Square's going to be there. They've already announced that they're going to be showing more Final Fantasy VII, which is awesome. They're finally going to be fucking showing off their Avengers game, which they announced four year, three or four years ago and never said anything about it. Um, so, very, very excited for E3. The week following, I'll kind of let you guys know, um, you know, what kind of hit, what the, the big takeaways were. Um, and then, lastly, a couple outside things I wanted to mention. Um, saw John Wick Chapter 3. Really enjoyed it. Um, I really feel like that's a trilogy that you almost want to watch in one sitting because they kind of just lead off. I mean, 3 e- starts right where 2 ends off. Um, and I think they would really just work together in a kind of like a short, impactful kind of viewing like that. But, I mean, honestly, just more of the same. You know, good, solid story that follows all the way through, and then fucking fantastic fight scenes. Um, Everything just ratchet up. Um, I personally, this is probably my favorite of the three, but I did watch them all really close together, so I do have a hard time distinguishing one from two to three. Um, But yeah, really liked it. Totally recommend it. And this is a random one, and kind of, you know, I should have talked about it during the show when you guys were talking about uh, the Joshua boxing match, probably because I watched some of those YouTube videos Um, I I stumbled upon finding my new favorite boxer, and this cat is Yi Inoa. I probably butchered that name. Um, For my co-host here, I did throw a video from the Modern Martial Artist, which is a video I watched. And he kind of just breaks down what this cat's been doing. Um, 18 and 0. Bobby might know he's currently in the uh, world boxing super series which I think is Showtime's like little tournament cuz I thought Andre Ward was in that a couple years back. Um this cat's made it to the finals. Like I said 18 and 0, 16 knockouts. Super small guy, but uh, the way he works the body and goes to the head, oh, it is such a a treat to watch this guy work and I also like it a lot and maybe Mike and stuff on will too. Just seeing a Japanese uh, boxer climb the ranks, just fucking reaps of ipo. And I'm just thinking, like, oh, did this dude climb the Japanese ranks? You fucking know he did. His first fight, he won the Japanese light flyweight title, and now he's going into the, the world rank- rankings and just fucking killing it like our boy Dante did in the anime. So, um, and, and really, I'm just, I'm looking at YouTube fights now, just watching, like, and I don't watch a lot of boxing, you know, you really gotta do something special to get my attention. And just the way this guy moves, just the way he fucking murders the liver shot um, and goes to the body to go up to the head. Um, I've really been enjoying uh, watching him fight. And like I mentioned, he's in this little tournament in the uh, f- uh, the finals. And I think they said the next fight's going to be sometime during the summer. So I'm going to try to keep uh, a finger on this cat. And let you guys know when he's going to be fighting. And uh, let you know you can watch his fights. Because it's something special. If you like MMA, you're going to like this dude. He's dropping guys in the first and second round. And he's like 106 pounds. There's, he's not fucking around. He He's good. Uh, also, there was Ryzen this weekend. And uh, who uh, what was that? Cats that. Uh, Mayweather beat up. He fought again. Uh, Tetson, He got a win. So that's
2: nice. <laughs> that's all I got for this week. Did they do MMA or did they kickbox?
0: It was kickboxing.
2: Kickboxing. All right, Mike.
0: All right, yeah. So for me, two things this week. Uh, the first one it is the finale to the HBO miniseries Chernobyl. As soon as I get off this podcast with you guys, I'm going to fire up HBO Go and uh, go down that rabbit hole again.
2: I mean, that's what you were watching before we started.
0: Yeah, and then I stopped because I realized, you know, can't exactly doing a watch podcast. that and <laughs> yeah. do a podcast at the same time. Uh, Very big of so Oh, thank you. You know, like uh, I realized I can't chew gum and walk at the same time. Uh, the other thing for me this week is the great people of london they're the stuff i like this week uh specifically it is a anti-brexit group that decided to troll our dear beloved president while he's visiting london uh particularly the biggest stunt that they pulled was that they projected an image onto the tower of london during the during the night that had President Obama's appro- UK approval rating, which is at, which was at about seventy one percent when he was president, uh, opposed to President Trump's, which is at about twenty nine percent. I thought it was a just a very nice, subtle, you know, middle finger to uh, to our commander in chief.
2: Yeah, we haven't pissed off the forty percent of this of the people in this country recently. Eh, no, we probably we know. do not weekly. They're going to hate us. They aren't life, listening. So. They aren't listening anyway. Yeah. Stefan, you got anything this week, buddy? Um, Kind of, but not really. Uh, I actually
1: know the boxer Mark was talking about, because oddly enough, ESPN did a big piece on him. And all I saw was he was an undefeated Japanese boxer, and that was it. I didn't need to know a thing about him. Actually, all I need to know is he's Japanese. Um, you all know my only connection to boxing was primarily based around Manny Pacquiao, and that is one distra- disgraced hero. That is a disgraced National hero, he deserved to lose all his sponsorships. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't be proud of that guy anymore. But um, wait, wait, you know we'll what, Pacquiao? Uh, he said some of the most hateful homophobic statements. Uh, he, uh, homosexuality is just like one step away from bestiality, Mike. They're they're basically the same thing.
0: I'm um, assuming
2: you're saying Pacquiao saying this.
1: Pacquiao, name. this is but, uh, these uh, are uh, his stances. Quote you know what? Um, I feel
2: he was saying these things when he was winning too, but they didn't report. it. You them.
1: know what? The Philippines president call. recently said he was gay, but he managed to cure himself. But uh, so my people are kind of in a messed up place right now. Um, right. Anyways, uh, yeah, I like this. Strategy.
2: Oh yeah, my, my my people are the fucking measure of stability. <laughs> you know the Iranian, the but yeah. but yours
1: <laughs> is old news. That's just that's just normal. <laughs> But, uh no, staple compared to I'm, I'm you guys as people. Um, in terms of not having anything, I gave a laundry list of movies I wanted to see last week. I haven't seen a single one of them yet, so I wish I could give a review. I might try to see Godzilla tomorrow night. I heard reviews are pretty low, but for the most part, I know people who fucking like Godzilla like this movie. move um, people who want it to be more than what it is. like seems to be the ones who don't so i'm sure i can find a happy medium i still want to see a bunch of movies um yeah
0: go see movies yeah, I oh that- um a, a bonus uh piggybacking off of uh stefan i watched aladdin this uh this weekend and i thought it was gonna be absolute crap it was surprisingly good um i thought will smith was a horrible choice for the genie he was the best part of the movie
3: there you go people you can't trust the trailers and I also heard stuff about Godzilla, like everyone's saying, like, oh, there's not enough human stuff and there's too much monsters. I'm like, good. They finally got it because I want I'm not going to Godzilla to see how the humans are reacting. I want to see Godzilla stomping on some shit and blowing fire out of his his face. And in a good one, he fights a bunch of other monsters. which seems
1: like Yeah, the uh, the review I heard from someone I knew who liked it was, would you enjoy a lot of big monsters? And I'm like, yes, that is Precisely all I'm. Yeah, I, I,
2: I'm. I'm uninterested in a review of a monster movie. To be honest, I could give a shit what anybody else thinks about it. Let's just watch these big motherfuckers go at each other, right? I mean, that's what we're here for. That's break what I'm a for. city, run into people, real, you know, swing slowly at each other. That's what I'm here for, guys. I just want the Godzilla roar. I'm there for a sound bite, Bobby. I don't even need to see anything. I just hear that that craning roar. He's I'm got happy. a good. He worked on that. Um. Too. All right, so before I get into the uh, the ras- the wrestling, the graps, if you will, um, I need somebody. I'm, I think I'm going to have to do this. Uh, Good Omens, the Amazon show, has got me with their trailer. I was kind of hoping someone would tell me that they saw it or not at this point. Stars David Tennant, who if you're from not this country, you know as Doctor Who. Um, if you're from this country, you probably know him as uh, Kilgrave. Uh, from uh, the Jessica Jones Netflix series where he was the best part of that show. Um, and Michael Sheen's the other side of it. Michael Sheen's been in a hundred different things. Any movie where Tony Blair was portrayed, he portrayed Tony Blair. Um, he was in the Underworld movies. He was Wesley on 30 Rock. You guys probably can figure this guy out. Basic premise appears to be one of them is an angel. The other one's the devil. Well, not devil. One's an angel. One's a demon. And they're trying to stop the apocalypse... Something to do with the anti as Christ is walking around. It sounds a lot like dogma, like that plot right there. It sounds like dogma without Jay and Silent Bob. Um, but shit, I'm in, so I'll check it out. See what to see. I will see what it is. I was kind of hoping to do that last week. I'll do it ideally when this po- when this podcast ends. Checking out. Um, good omens. Anyway, wrestling. Um, we're not gonna talk about AEW because we did that last week, and at this point, it'd be really late. But really. Them signing John Moxley, uh the former Dean Ambrose, and John Moxley's subsequent interviews (laughs) with everybody. Um, that man has been on an interview spree for the last week. Started off with the Jericho podcast. I heard him on Vegas local radio, on a couple weight color keller podcast, on some random sports website. If you call John Moxley, he will talk to you about how unimpressed he was with the WWF creative or WWE creative process. Um, everything he said had been stuff that Dave Meltzer, quite frankly, had been reporting for years about how crappy the WWE creative process is. He echoed a lot of what CM Punk said. It was very much similar to the CM Punk pod, famous CM Punk pod, CM Punk podcast from, uh, November 2014. The only difference being that Dean Ambrose did not allege any medical malpractice, malpractice had taken place. Um, If you're any, if you're even a little bit tangentially interested in wrestling, you probably heard about this. He roasted them 15 different ways from Sunday. And it was everything, it's everything the way you think it is. It sounds like this entire company is produced out of the random thoughts of a half crazy 75 year old man. Turns out it is. Um, just some good listens. But anyway, this past Saturday, NXT TakeOver was from somewhere in Connecticut. They didn't really get specific while watching the show. The twenty-fifth installment of Takeover. I'm sure you've heard us talk about the last twelve Takeovers. Quite frankly, mostly me. Um, they are the best thing the WWE puts on by a mile. Um, all five matches were good. I guess uh, Mark. I watched it with Mark and Steph. Just say some of the things we enjoyed. I'll lead off and say that that Gargano and Cole match was one of the best wrestling matches the WWE has produced ever, and I remain impressed with both gentlemen. And I was pretty happy Adam Cole got the win. Uh, Steph, what did you think about the show overall, and what did you enjoy from it? Um, I mean, yeah, we've if we've
1: heard us talk about Takeover, they're all solid for a reason. There's a very specific formula they follow. Um, I guess I would say that was the best match. Um, no, no, actually, no, I wouldn't. Uh, my favorite match was Velveteen Dream and Tyler Breeze, actually. That that was actually really fun. Um, Tyler Breeze, he was a, g- one of the early guys to come out of the whole NXT system. Um, I unfortunately w- wasn't really onto it yet during his run, but I was kind of aware of him. I knew his whole shtick um, being a former model, coming in with like the kind of arrogant supermodel. And it fit really well against the character that Velveteen Dream, Dream is. Um, but the reason I like that is I respect the hell out of Velveteen Dream. He sells like... He's Sean Michaels' level of selling. Now there's probably someone better, but coming up to me, that's part of why I always like Sean Michaels. Is um, that's why he was such a good underdog? Because when you when he beat you beat him up, he made it look like you really beat him up. And uh, yeah, Dream was taking bumps in ways that I'd never seen him take. Uh, Tyler Breeze he used the finisher called uh, that I know it as Christian's old finisher, the Unprettier, um, and he took it in a way that I've never seen that thing taken. Like, he intentionally, he, spiked, got pile drive. he intentionally spiked his own ed into a very, yeah, like, pile driver position just to bounce off of that. Um, and guys who perform like that, I appreciate that work rate. Um, like I said, I don't follow it as much, but having always been a fan of pro wrestling, I really respect the technical aspects of it that you kind of only get if you really understand it as a craft. Um, you know, you understand, like, the actual techniques that go into it and everything. Um, but that match was tremendous. Uh, Matt Riddle is always really fun. Um yeah, it was it's it it was what it was supposed to be, and the the crowd got what they wanted. They really wanted
2: Adam Cole in this.
1: Um and it was a fun end.
2: Yeah, I was really excited for that Breeze and Dream match, and Stefan mentioned the selling. It was really as if Dream realized he's gonna have to show everybody how good Tyler how effective how good of a wrestler Tyler Breeze is, because we spent the last couple years laughing at him or not even seeing him on TV, and Dream just the best wrestlers are the ones that everybody has good matches with and dream is becoming that and being able to sell for somebody is like, is like that too. Marcus, what, uh, you watched the show with us. What did you enjoy oh, from it? Good. Besides, besides disparaging the old
3: Englishman. I mean, it's just, and to round it out, I can mention the other two matches kind of solidifying that this was a really good show where each match was fantastic. Um, I think my favorite match was the ladder tag match, which, um, was for, Four teams of two, which was basically just a... And then it was just a ladder match. But uh, what I really liked about it, obviously there's a lot of good, you know, what they call the spots or big stunts, you know, where they're doing kind of crazy shit, jumping off the ladders. Um, but what I liked about, you know, ultimately how it kind of... The match kind of played out and, and finished was... Um and, and who is that kid? That one. There's the porridge guy, which I loved from years ago.
2: Oh, so uh, I like uh, the porridge guy, <laughs> the street prophets one, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. Montez Ford being the more athletic one.
3: Okay, yeah and, and and what I liked about this match was that guy, the other one, which i really bad at remembering names and saying them.
2: Montez Mont- Ford. Montez Ford. Ford.
3: Uh. I mean he he did the most dangerous things in this match, right? He was taking the biggest spots. And a lot of times in these matches, these ladder matches, that team doesn't win, right? They they do the crazy shit and they ultimately lose because the guy's too hurt. I mean, obviously it's already fixed, right? But it's just usually the, the team that kind of does the craziest shit doesn't win to kind of subvert your expectations. And they won in this time. So it was really fulfilling to see like, man, this dude was flying around this match, getting, you know, doing the biggest moves and taking the biggest bumps. And he got rewarded. He actually won the match. And that his, was his
2: actual, his first, uh, both of their first takeovers, yeah. their first time on the big shows. Yeah, so It was just cool. So. I mean, it was a great match in and of itself. And that ending just kind of made it feel
3: good at the end of it. And I'd say, you know, Shanna Baszler, um, we've mentioned her many times. Um, her transition into pro wrestling has been spectacular. And she continues to impress in NXT being their women's champion. Um, she just, you completely buy into her being a complete badass that can beat any of these women. Um, and, you know, just as good as she does you know performing moves. She takes the bumps too. She makes you sell that these are competitive fights and that, you know, she's on the brink of losing as well. Um and she's just it's just she really taken it to a, a duck like to water, just like Matt Riddle has too. Those two have flawlessly transitioned into pro wrestling. It's really cool to see.
2: Yeah, at this point with Shayna, I mean, I'm happy they're not moving her up to the, the main roster because that's a wasteland where dreams go to die. But if we're thinking in terms of job promotion, like so there's nothing else I have can to do. imagine the paycheck would be better up there, but
3: there's a lot of girls up there and it's hard to see if they're going to use her right because they, I
2: mean, love- the girl, she took that belt from Ember Moon doesn't do shit. Yeah, so, I love Ember yeah, Moon. she's a great talent too. That's being squandered. Yeah. That's kind of a narrative
3: that you've seen in this.
2: Yeah. Go listen to anything, Mo- any of the Moxley interviews, people. You'll have a good time. Um, Yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, no DJ Mark. Sorry. Um, Kid presentable. You back uh, by Monday or not?
1: Ah, it's going to be close. Yeah, I'm flying back in on Monday. So,
2: Mike, Mark, y'all Mike, we have a nice like intimate one-on-one thing going on. Yeah, Mike, yeah, we we got to make sure I'm not the only one who watches this pay-per-view.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess I'm going to have to do that.
2: Yeah, you're going to have to get Phil. You're going to have to pay that 60 whatever fucking dollars it is now. I know what it costs. I order every one. Yeah,
3: we can we can work
2: it out. Yeah. Um We'll be back next week. Mike and I will talk about the results of this card. Um, see, we got any, we see, we got any new champions. Uh, well, we're definitely going to have one new champion. Um, and then we're going to talk about, I mean, the boys aren't going to be here to talk about a Korean zombie fight, a Korean zombie fight followed by just layer after layer of nonsense. Um, I feel like he's being given way too challenging of opponent without even knowing
1: who it is. It just seems like they're MO with him, but I pick him it's regardless. an auto- Oh, it's an Otto Moicano. it's a a rough one. It's a good guy who was like uh, slight. I picked to beat Aldo, like it's this guy, Uh, and it wasn't a crazy pick. Yeah, it was like a reasonable pick. So yeah, I got Zombie. I always pick Zombie. Zombie is my always pick. Like even when the
2: wheels come off, even when he's been decapitated, still picking him. I'm sitting here gonna keep picking Aljo. I I have a lot of people on this card. I realized that I just pick it's Carolina Aljo, now Henry apparently. Marlon, I had to, I can't claim anymore. Um, alright, guys. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Sorry about the technical issues last week. I'll be straight with you. It wasn't that good of an episode. All right. You didn't miss that much, but, uh, we enjoyed all in. We talked about that a lot. Should watch it. It's on YouTube, I'm sure. Um, I was Dr. Law. Kid Presentable was here. DJ Mark was here. And the man himself, Lavender Gooms. Who's gonna watch Chernobyl once this once I hit once I say goodbye? I'm gonna say goodbye, and then you're gonna hear our, our theme song for 30 seconds, and then Mike's gonna say, all oh, right boys, I'm out. And then he's gonna watch Chernobyl. Lavender Gooms is here also, folks.
0: That's about right.
2: Peace out. Cheers.
0: Cheers.